As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Boland. And we've got a... Uh, another list to kind of follow along today mm-hmm. and i think it's something our listeners will find valuable uh yes our listeners will definitely find it valuable if they're one of the 41 million people in the united states who will receive a speeding ticket this year no kidding 41 million this year alone no fooling buddy uh that breaks down to an average number of people per day that receive a speeding ticket would be 112 thousand whoa every day every 24 hours i had no idea that it was that extensive that there were that many getting tickets oh we can keep playing with numbers my friend uh that makes the total percentage of drivers that will get a speeding ticket this year more than 20 percent wow no kidding 20.6 i'll tell you i'm I'm blown away by these numbers 41 million in in the year how many per day uh, 112,000. Holy cow. That's a, that's a huge number, Ben. Now I occasionally will see somebody getting a ticket on my way home. Right. Not very often. It's not every day. It's not even every week, maybe even, um, just on the route that I travel and it is highway. Yeah. Maybe a lot of that has to do with traffic congestion, you know, unable to speed because you, you know, you get tickets for other things. Sure. You know, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, tail light out. Yeah. You do a California roll. A little roll, a little road rage, maybe something <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Right. So, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm not accustomed to seeing Tickets being given out every day, but man, that is a huge number. The average cost of a speeding ticket, including the fees, is about $152. That's average? Well, yeah, that's average, isn't, and that's a little bit scary. This was, uh, this comes from the U.S. Highway Patrol. Um, and this was as of May of 2013. Wow. Which, you know, is a year ago now. Ha ha ha. Anyway, we just, this is our first time <laughs> recording stuff in 2014. Oh, we right? kid a lot here. We kid a lot. Um, so I, we wanted to open up with some of these statistics uh, to just to show that uh, speeding tickets, at least in the United States, which are the only thing we can really speak to in this episode, are really common. Um, you know, there are 196 million 
registered drivers in the United States or licensed drivers rather. And, um, of those 41 million who get a speeding ticket at some point in the year, uh, how many do you think can test their tickets in traffic court? Oh my gosh. If I you had to guess. Do you know the number? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's a low number. I'm going to say it's like 40%. It is a very low number. It's 5%. Oh my gosh. You're kidding. Only 5% Only of people. Only 5% try to fight that ticket. Only 5% try to fight that ticket, which I thought would make a good segue for us. You know, it seems like, it seems like, now I'm blowing your segue. I'm no, sorry. No, no, yo, it's perfect. It seems to me like everybody who gets a ticket says, uh, I got a ticket, but I'm going to go fight it in court. I always hear that. I hear that from anybody who gets a ticket, it seems like. Now, right. I personally, uh-huh. have you ever fought a speeding ticket? I have never bought, fought a speeding ticket because here's the thing, Scott. I've never been framed. Really? <laughs> okay. So every time like, I was got speeding, a, I was doing a it. true offender, right? Every time okay. I was doing and it. And yeah. likewise for me. And I'll tell you, I mean, I need to come clean, Ben. Early in my driving career, yeah, I got a lot of speeding tickets. Got I a mean, lead foot, huh? I, multiple per year, and it got to the point where I ended up on a suspended license. Why? I actually, I should say a restricted license, sure. and then on the restricted license, got another speeding ticket, and then got a suspended license. At, for a very, very short amount of time. I mean, okay. I just like just a little tiny wrist slap and it didn't, it didn't hurt me all that bad. I mean, not like a criminal, like a career criminal or anything like that. It was right. just simply speeding tickets, but I was young. And the thing is, you're kind of on that probationary period. And I, again, I had a lead foot. It's, it's gone away over the years. I mean, right place, right time, as we always say, right? Yeah. And I've, uh, knock on wood, I've been, uh, been able to avoid speeding tickets for a good, 10 to 12 years now. I mean, I don't even remember the last time I got a speeding ticket. Keeping your nose clean, huh? Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, I, I just don't, I, I just don't do that anymore, but I used to. And I, I can sympathize with some of the things that, you know, people say about it. You know, like I was, again, you said you were framed. I understand what you're saying that, you know, you're, you're getting caught in a bad situation. You're trying to pass a vehicle that's been frustrating you on the highway. Sure. It happens to be when you're going over a hill and there's a state trooper right there, right? Right. Something like that happens. And you weren't speeding prior to that. You weren't planning to speed after that, but you were just mm. speeding at that point and that's where he caught you. Well, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. That happens. I, I know that happens for sure. But the, the guy that, you know, had written this article or the guy that this article is written about, I should say, uh-huh. that we're going to kind of follow along here. And it's a popular mechanics article. It's written by Phil Berg. He's talking to a guy named Richard Diamond. Right, the uh, managing editor at Washington Times. Exactly. And he has he's kind of a uh, an advocate for drivers as far as um protecting them against speeding uh, speeding tickets, speeding laws and what he calls unjust unjust laws, unjust tickets that are being He calls it out. an unfair tax. Yeah, I guess that's maybe a good way to say it. He says, I mean, he's outright saying that there's a this is a way of of police agencies to fund themselves it's a way for communities to raise money he sees uh drivers i guess as kind of a revenue source for uh you know whatever projects they happen to have going that's what he sees this as now I, I, this is these are his words not ours right i mean i understand what's going on they of course they want to keep the streets safe i'm not saying this any of our uh you know Listeners out there who in law enforcement, who state troopers, whatever. Sure. I'm not saying this personally. Ben's not saying this personally. Mm-hmm. It's not the way How Stuff Works feels about it or any of that. We're just, you know, commenting on what Richard Diamond says. Now, here. I will say, and this I know is a sidebar to a sidebar. I will say that <clears throat> although he's more zealous about this mm-hmm. than I am, certainly more. I, I don't really agree with him on the idea of speeding tickets just being funding devices. Mm-hmm. But when he mentions the automatic ticketing machines and the red light cameras, mm-hmm. that that does have uh, some 
concrete proof to it, at least in a few circumstances. We know that they changed the uh, timing on those yellow lights. We do know that, and that that has led to some changing in legislation that, uh, you know, they've actually removed uh, red lights, red light sensor. I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Red, uh, light, red cameras. light cameras. Red light cameras, that's the name of it. Red light cameras, and I think something like, 30, is it 30 communities or is it 30 states? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 30 cities have been, uh, have been removed recently. So and that's that, a- but that, that I think is a different case, although I am on board with them here. Um, again, I think you did a great job with the caveat there, uh, Scott saying that this is diamond. This is not us. We have some things to say about this list. But we'll we'll go through it. Yeah, let's do it. Kind of uh, tell you what we're going to kind of go through it a, a little bit on the quick quick side, and then I've got another list that is another similar list that comes from a different place. Now we're going to talk about this popular mechanics article first, then we're going to go on to a list from Reader's Digest, mm-hmm. and then I've got kind of maybe a maybe a high tech surprise at the end. How about that? I don't know if that's uh, that's maybe not the best way to put it, but there's something coming at the end that I we think... We always have one more thing at yeah, the end. Yeah, you'll be interested in what happens at the yeah. end. So, now I do want to point out that Diamond says that speeding tickets make up 54% of all tickets that are handed out, Ben. That's that's parking tickets, that's the, uh, again, the road rage tickets, sure. all that stuff traffic that we talked about. Yeah, traffic right. infractions, whatever, you know, headlights out, whatever. 54% of those are speeding tickets alone. And he says that states are reporting uh, speeding ticket revenue somewhere in the mat- in the range of something like $2 billion annually in the United States alone. And that's uh, that's just using, that's built off the data from 40 states that re- that report that revenue because the other 10 don't. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, the other 10 are a little bit shady about it, I guess. They're not, uh, they're not releasing the numbers. I don't want to say shady. Maybe they're just not releasing the numbers because of, uh, you know, backlash or feared backlash. Yeah. But he's he's um, estimating that this two billion dollars annually um, is what we're what we're paying out in tickets every single year in the United States. So speeding's a big deal here as far as revenue generation. Right. He clearly thinks that it's a primarily an economic motivator. And you're going to hear that throughout. And the other thing that I need to mention, and we, I promise we'll get into number one here in just a second, <laughs> but the other thing I think we need to mention here is that a lot of these have to deal with after you get a ticket already, like what, how to deal with it once you have a ticket. Right. It's, and, and I know that the, uh, the title is How to Avoid Speeding Tickets, but this is more like what you do after you get the ticket, how to avoid actually being accountable for that ticket. Right, yeah, how to avoid uh, following through with it. So mm-hmm. number one, which is common sense, and like most common sense, a lot of people don't practice it, situational awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if traffic slows, there's a reason the traffic is slowing down, you slow down as well. And this is just staying with the flow of traffic, right? I mean, if everybody else is going 50, you know, or they slow down to 40, you don't continue to go 65 or 70 or 80 as you were. I mean, there's a reason for that, and that's mm. just a general safety rule. I think a lot of people understand that, but if there's one lane open, they'll get in that lane and go 75 miles an hour just like they were. And that kind of leads us into the next one, which is be ready for anything. Yeah, uh, all right. So what he means when he says this is that there are, you know, of course there are speed traps. There are hidden cameras. There are speed cameras. Um he, the idea is that you can you can be found to be speeding a number of ways. I, I think this ties into situational awareness mm-hmm. as well. I think so, too, because there's stationary radar. There's LIDAR, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, that is uh, laser radar. Right. Right. Um, there's also something called a um, called VASCAR, which is a stop stopwatch calculator. I mean, that just judges a uh, time and distance that you've traveled. Um, right. And determines the speed that way. It's a, it's kind of a low tech version of, of everything. And the state laws. I, this is the most valuable point about number two. I think is that the state laws 
do not use the same methods across the nation. Ah, that's right. And we'll talk about some of the different methods that they use mm-hmm. later on because that, that gets real important and gets real tricky. And, and there's a lot of detail in this thing that um, most most motorists, I don't think, will really know until they hear it from him, or they go they go on the site and read, you know, what uh, what Richard Diamond has suggested. Because, Agreed. Uh, man, you've got to do some measuring. You got to do some photography, maybe. Uh, bring in forensic reconstruction. Bring in, bring in witnesses. Yeah, forensic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he gets pretty in depth with this. Now, the, yeah. the third one, keep a low profile. Now, I totally understand this one, and I and I truly believe this. It is absolutely true. We all know that. Um, Red cars, for instance, are more likely to have to pay higher insurance even just because they are so much more likely to be pulled over in a traffic stop. And this is true. I mean, it's it's outright true. I mean, you could have a minivan that's going 80 miles an hour on the highway and a Ferrari right next to it that's going, you know, 80 miles an hour on the freeway. And that Ferrari is going to get the ticket. They're going to get pulled over and they're going to let the minivan go typically. That's just the way it goes. I mean, that's uh, that's I mean, again, keep a low profile. Don't call attention to yourself. That's the best way to do it. I mean, it's it's a smart move, but it's tough to do in some situations because, you know, you have that great car that you want in the garage that you want to drive. Sure. And it's tough to avoid doing something like I that. I think it's one of the hazards of owning it for sure, but people who own those cars have to know what they're getting into. Yeah. Um, and is it fair? Not necessarily, but if we're looking at the way a traffic stop is supposed to go, then the only reason you are supposed to get pulled over is if you are breaking a law of some sort. Mm-hmm. So the, this is a long-running this is a long-running debate. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how you want to look at it, a high-performance car will draw more attention to it uh, to a, to anyone, uh, even if it's just piddling around at 35 miles per hour in a school zone. Well, you can see this in a parking lot. If it's parked in a parking lot and it's not moving at all, what's going to uh, garner more attention, the red Ferrari or the, the minivan that's parked next to it? Absolutely. So, I mean, it's understandable. I get that. It's, it draws people's attention. Your eye's going to go to that one. That's the one that they're mm-hmm. going to pick. Totally understandable. The, the, next, the next one, number four. And this is where it gets into the little, uh, kind of like the legalese type stuff. A little right? bit of psychology, just, too. Just a little bit. I mean, yeah. I understand what he's doing here, but this is where it takes a turn, okay? Yeah, number four is, shh. Yeah, you got to keep quiet. And what he means by keep quiet is, now, you, you, you're a polite person, you're respectable when they, or you're respectful when the officer approaches the vehicle. You, you, you know, offer up information that, uh, you know, that they're asking. I mean, to a point. Yeah. Only to a point, though, because he says that all you're really required to do is hand over your light, your registration and insurance, and that's it. You don't have to answer or say anything else, according to him. Now, this gets a little tricky, Ben, because, I mean, I, I guess I, I, it's just the way that I've always been you know, taught or raised is that, right. you know, someone, an authority figure, a state trooper is at your door, you know, at your car door, and asking you, uh, well, I mean, he's probably saying like, what do you think you're doing, son? Or something like that. Sure. But he's, he's more like, uh, do you have any idea of how fast you're going? Right. Something like that, right? Yeah. He, well, Richard Diamond is saying you don't have to say anything at that point. You just respectfully say that you're waiting for your attorney. You don't want to speak until you have, uh, attorney representation. You know, you want to wait for your lawyer. You're, um, you just keep using your right to remain silent, I guess. Right. And, um, his, okay. His point here is that people who are, rude or antagonistic to a police officer are just going to get more tickets. They're not going to get warnings while, while that is true. And he says, don't antagonize. Um, it's, it's safe to say that there are at least some 
law enforcement officers who will be who will interpret it as antagonizing you as antagonizing them if you say I'd like to I'm going to wait for my lawyer. I choose to remain silent. I choose to remain silent. I plead the fifth, and even though that's not really where you'd say that. Right. You're kind of escalating that situation. I I think you are too. I'd say I'd say in that situation there's going to be no warning. I'd say that the officer is going to ticket you in that situation. If would, you do that. Wouldn't yeah. you think so? And I would think so. But but again, if you can if you can do it just it's important to know that you are not required to uh you are not required to answer a bunch of other stuff. No, but I think if you're polite and if you, you know, you fess up that, you know, you, you're, uh, well, I don't know about fessing up. I don't know about that. Right. If, you're just, some... if you're just as polite as you can be. Exactly. Because they're another person doing their job. Exactly. They're not, they're not there specifically to ruin your morning. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm going to backtrack on that fessing up to actually speeding because later we're going to find out that's maybe a bad move. Yeah. Don't do it. But. Um, I do find that, you know, if you're polite and you're, you're, you know, I mean, respectable to, you know, the officer that shows up at your door, your car door. Yeah. Um, you do everything right. You know, you turn down the radio, you have the window crack, you know, roll down so you can see there, you're in park, all that. Um, I think things will go relatively smoothly. I mean, you may still get a ticket, but there's a chance you're going to get a warning. Yeah. And, um, let's go, let's go to number five before mm-hmm. we talk. Let's just keep going through the list. So, right. uh, this is very important to Mr. Diamond. Fight. Every ticket, he says. Wow. When you said only 5% of the population fights a ticket, mm-hmm. um, he says fight every single ticket. So that would, man, that would tie up the courts incredibly, wouldn't it? Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto O'Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson, 
Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Yeah, and uh, the idea here is that there are a lot of ways to contest a ticket, and this returns back to the uh, discrepancy between the way each state will either allow tickets to be uh, carried over in the courts or allow tickets to be dismissed. And what this specifically points to is that he's talking about photo tickets. And one way around a photo ticket, and a lot of people may not have thought about this, and this is really kind of strange, is that I guess there's there's precedent for this already set in the courts. And there's a case called uh, Melendez-Diaz versus Massachusetts. It's a case from 2009, and it's where the Supreme Court ruled that the Sixth Amendment right to face one's accuser applies to lab tests. And in California, this is specifically for California for photo tickets, that can be interpreted to mean that photo tickets can't be valid unless the technician who analyzed the photo testifies in court against you. And what's the odds that they're going to bring in the photo technician that analyzed that, that, uh, that analyze that photo is going to be available for that court date? It's very, very small, right? Right, yeah. You're playing on a percentage. You're, you're saying, you're thinking that they're not going to be available, but who knows? Maybe they will show up that day. And we, uh, we can also go into, uh, later examples of that. We'll find that idea of calling the bluff of someone to show up in court mm-hmm. comes up another list again. Now, number six here, um, is, the idea checking the calibration of the radar if you're caught with radar. Now, this won't work in a state like Vermont where uh, a cop can still just say, oh, I guessed he was going about 83. Yeah, that uh, that doesn't quite fly, really. Um, now, the uh, the thing is that radar evidence is usually admissible, right? Yeah. I mean, presuming the calibration is correct. And that's what he's going for here, this calibration thing. But in some states... Any laser ticket is thrown out automatically because there's no calibration possible for laser radar, which I had no idea. I thought there had to be some kind of type of way to calibrate these things. But right. the way the way that he's talking about is the the typical radar device that would that would clock you. Now, this is something that I really hadn't even thought of, but you have to check the manufacturer's specifications for the device. This sounds like a lot of trouble, Ben. You check the manufacturer's specs for the of the device uh, via the um, the Freedom of Information Act, uh, and you have to request the police department that issued the ticket uh, to ask for a description of how the police department um, abided by the calibration specific uh, specs, rather based on the manufacturer's specifications. So you have to make sure that they match up exactly. And what usually is involved in this is that you have to check the radar gun's frequency with a tuning fork that's provided by the radar gun manufacturer, and then they have to send the unit to the manufacturer to have it recalibrated. And, I, man, man, I wonder how many radar detectors are out there that are being used that haven't been sent back into the manufacturer for recalibration. I bet there's a lot. Yeah, quite a few, just because, think about it, Scott, uh, how often does anyone do regular maintenance when they're not specifically required to all the time? I guess you're right. And I know that there are probably some police departments that are on top of this and they're, they're calibrated all the time. I bet that happens. I'm sure there are quite a few. I, I, I think again, he's just trying to play the numbers. I think that's exactly what happens here. I think you're playing the numbers and you're saying, you know, I'm going to bet on the fact that this, this, this specific gun that captured me is, uh, is not, has not been calibrated in the last year. You know, with this full procedure, the tuning fork thing, this, the manufacturer sent, you know, there and back and recalibrated and certified and all that. I mean, it is quite a hassle. It's a hassle for 
them to do that to begin with. It's sure. a hassle for the driver to go through the, the, the fact finding bit of this to see if that gun has been sent in. And I wonder what the, but I wonder what the calibration schedule would be. Maybe it probably, it probably varies by manufacturer. Probably. But another thing that's important to remember when you do these kind of, these kind of actions is that so long as you are polite and respectful, uh, people aren't going to think you're some James Bond villain. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to, you're not going to have police trying to catch you every time you leave your driveway. Uh, saying how dare you check a radar? No, no, you, know, you like won't that. be persecuted. No, I don't think so. I mean, and, and let's move on to number seven. Yeah, yeah. how about that? Oh, so, so the manual on uniform traffic control devices, or uh, the New York Times bestseller. I'm kidding. M U T C D has all of the specifications for speed limit signs, and if these speed limit signs aren't up to code, then you can beat the ticket argues diamond yeah on a technicality which is uh i mean the technicality like the speed limit sign i mean come on this is uh this is getting into one of those like well you know you have to take photographs you have to measure you have to make sure that it uh it matches up exactly with this code you know the uniform traffic control device code um which he has a link to in the story by the way you can go check this out i mean it's not anything difficult to find um and it also points out that a lot of places hide these speed cameras behind signs and bushes and things like right, that so yeah. you know if it's hidden or if it's obstructed in any way like a branch has grown over you know the part of the lens uh-huh. that becomes another issue you know if it's a, if it's got an obstructed view in some way so man this is there's a there's a lot to to be had in this one this one point here in point number 7 yeah. that um i think if you really combed over that 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 code or that uh you know, that uniform traffic control device code. You could probably find something. You could probably find some kind of loophole, but it's going to take a lot of digging. It may take a lot of time and effort on your part. Now, number eight is even more, I think, I think number eight is a little bit more vague. If yeah. I could just be honest. Yeah, it's, it's a little vindictive in this one here. It sounds like he has some personal <laughs> stake no, well, in this I, one. I think he definitely does. Because this is primarily a point about making every effort you can to record your interactions, uh, both your interaction with the initial ticket encounter. This would mean somehow recording the officer, if it's legal, when they come up to your car. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a law enforcement officer and I pull somebody over and they're, and I, I think that they are speeding and I, you know, I have it backed up on, with my instruments, right? Sure. I'm not just guessing. And a dash cam. Uh, and a dash cam, of course. So I call it in and I'm walking around the car, you know, assessing the situation, whatever. And I see somebody, you know, with their cell phone open on the dash recording, then I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to treat the situation a little bit differently, you surely. Were, you were almost gonna treat, and I don't mean this in a, in the most dramatic sense, but I mean you're gonna treat them as a hostile person. They're gonna, you're gonna say that, like, they're, they're somehow out to get you. You're gonna understand that. And, and, you're just doing your job. You're pulling them over for for speeding. They're they're trying to record you. They're trying to catch you make a mis- catching you make a mistake, and that makes people nervous. And that probably will make them make a mistake. I mean, it's something, right? There's going to be some type of of agitation yeah. there. It changes gonna... the nature of the encounter. Um, in some states, apparently, it is illegal to record police officers on a cell phone. Um, Diamond's point about this is is a very good point in legal practice in general, which is that people's memories can be faulty. And if you can find a discrepancy between what happened in the recorded conversation and what happens in the um, the the later write up of the conversation, then you can damage the credibility. And we should say that you know there have been people that have been arrested just for the act of recording 
conversations between them and a police officer. Those cases in, uh, do get dismissed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In Massachusetts and Illinois, they've been arrested for that, but it does, yeah, you said, Ben, it does get, they do get dismissed for that. I mean, it, it does often tend to work the other way, but, um, one, one last thing on this one, this number eight, is that the way he leads into this, and, and this will give you an idea of this guy's slant towards this whole thing, and I'm, I'll quote him. He says, the judge is not there to find you not guilty. The judge is part of the revenue collection machine. Give him a reason to find you not guilty. And that's the uh, that's the bit about recording and making sure that everything is lining up, all your ducks are in a row. Right, yeah, and that's that's true. That's why you said it might have some personal sand yeah. behind it. Number nine. Now, number nine, I'm interested to see what you think about this, Scott, because this is not talking about how to fight a ticket that you were getting. This is not talking about how to not speed. This is talking about how to not get caught speeding. Yeah. That's all this is. Yeah, really. this is different. I mean, you're, you're learning the patterns and, and traits of where police are and when they're there. So this is almost like, it's like you're casing the roadway, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking for, uh, changes in the shift, uh, having a friend in the local PD. Um, now I can, I can see where this would be a consideration, but I can, I have a tough time seeing this as a consideration of someone who doesn't speed. And I think there's an assumption here. You know, you and I know that at least in the States, one of the most widely broken and widely ignored road rules is the speed limit. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. I mean, I think people break that daily. I mean, even if it's just a tiny little bit, you know, they're going over at some place. Yeah. Who who drives the speed limit on the interstate? Uh, you know, very, very few Who's people. Going unless, 50? unless you're in heavy, heavy traffic, there are right. very few people that do that. And, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, we've talked about people that go too slow on the highway. Yes. And, and that's a danger. I mean, I think there's like a, a lot of people have different rules and names for this. But, you know, like if 85 percent of the traffic is going this speed, then you should be going that speed, even if it's above the limit. Because that's the safe thing to do. So um, a lot of variation on this whole thing. And you know what? One last quick thing that I need to mention about the methods. Mm-hmm. They mentioned, He mentions pacing. And pacing is one of the, the methods that police often use for, for giving tickets. Um, and he mentions Pennsylvania specifically because in Pennsylvania – you have to have at least, uh, they have to have at least followed you for, I think it's a, a three tenths of a mile, uh, in order to use the proper pacing method. So, um, a lot of times they don't pace quite that far. They pace a, a slightly slower or lesser distance. So they get a little sloppy, you know, and, and he uses the word sloppy. They get a little bit quick to pull you over. And he's saying, you know, if you can figure out exactly where they were when, when they started clocking you and when they stopped clocking you using a pacing method, uh, that's maybe another technicality you can use. Um, now let's get to the last one. And this is, uh, this is kind of a big one too. And really, this is one that is called action, really, I guess. He's saying, yeah, put pressure on your, um, on your legislators. Anybody that's uh, local that has something to do with these, these red light camera rules, um, anybody that, you know, works in speed enforcement, anybody that, uh, you know, has, uh, I guess the ability to change um, speeding tickets, and I'm going to say quotas, but I don't know if that's really not something or not. I mean, that's kind of yeah. one of those myths out there. Is that, right. Is that real or is it not real? Um, he wants you to put pressure on people to uh, to kind of uh, slow down this uh, this revenue collection machine that he's talking about. Right, which he, I, I think it's fairly apparent from his top ten that he considers this overwhelmingly an issue of revenue collection rather than public safety. Sure, yeah. And as he points out, and as we mentioned earlier, and I think I had the number incorrect, but it's uh, he said voter pressure has banned speed and red light automatic ticket cameras in a petition by 30 cities just recently. So, Oh, you said that correctly. Yeah, 30 cities? Did I have that? Okay, so, so 30 cities have, have done away with um, speed speed cameras, 
red light cameras, um, you know, an automatic ticket, you know, production or, mm-hmm. or doling out, I guess. I don't know how to put that, but, um, I, I guess it really does work if you put pressure on legislature to say, I don't think this is right. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. While you're checking that out, go ahead and listen up to the rest of our podcast, because, Scott, let's be honest. Neither of us thought that this top ten list from the Popular Mechanics article was the silver bullet. No, no, there's more out there. And, uh, you know, a lot of these, like we said, this was, that one was more towards, uh, initially how to avoid tickets and then it became how to avoid a ticket once you have a ticket, right? Right. And there are some things that I wanted to add, if that's okay, to that one. Of course. Okay. So let's start once you've already got the ticket and you're trying to fight it in court. One of the things that you can do, apparently, which I have never done myself, is call the officer. Call the issuing officer and ask if you can talk to them about the uh, ticket. And they say, uh, don't just go to the meeting and say, hey, will you let me out of this ticket, man? Be cool. Yeah. That's not going to work. So you're calling them directly, and you're saying, 
What what are you saying? I mean, you're saying like uh, I know I was speeding, but uh, I have a good reason, and uh, you know I was late right. to church that day, and uh, my mom right. needed me like, to pick it, her up from an operation, and yeah, it's saying bridge the officer civilian thing. Uh, have let them know what happened, why why you're in there. You know, maybe you. I mean, I think it's important not to lie, so don't make up a fictional grandmother or great aunt. And have her like, but if you really did have some compelling reason, then there's nothing wrong with telling the officer, you know, I got this ticket because, um, like my son is in the hospital. Uh, medical bills are really tough for us, which is true for almost everyone in the United States. Uh, so then he would, that, that might allow the officer to identify with you. The idea is that the officer does have the full authority to drop your ticket. And, you know, they can kind of mess around with this a little bit and they can say, well, we can, we can make it so that you don't pay a fine, but the points are going to be on your ticket, on your, uh, on your license, rather. Sure, you and can then, compromise. And vice versa. They can also say you can pay the fine, but you don't have to have the points on the ticket. And that's part of going to court is that, you know, and that's another tactic, Ben, now that we mentioned court, is that you can delay this whole thing. And I don't know if I'm stepping ahead of your on your list here. No, you're good. But um, one of the tactics that a lot of people use is they say that I'm going to go to court and they just are hoping that that officer is not going to be able to make it to court that day. Now, they do schedule. I know they schedule days specifically for that officer to come into court. Right. If you somehow delay that another day or try to choose another day on your own, there's maybe a good chance that he's not going to be able to show up that day. And I mean. I don't know if all that works or not. I've just heard stories of this happening for right. the many, many years that I've been driving, and Ooh. I've never, ever tried it myself. I don't think I really want to try it myself. I don't know either. See, because that's the thing. With calling someone at work, uh, and another step to that would be writing a letter uh, to the uh, issuing officer, uh, to the judge or prosecutor, I think you run a risk of being a, uh, being a PETA. A pain ah, yes. in the yeah, atmosphere. I understand, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, you become a you become a nuisance to that officer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect word, Scott. A nuisance. And I like PETA. Yeah, and you can you can still be respectful and do this, but um, don't get to the point where someone would say, "Oh no." Joe Smith is calling for the eighth time yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, if you're calling over and over again, that just say you become a nuisance, and and that's not going to get you anywhere as well. Follow your court deadlines. Make sure that you don't miss any of those. That's something that happens to a lot of people, especially when they get you know their first ticket or something. They're mm-hmm. not familiar with the process. Um, it can be you know you can get in trouble if you miss a deadline. Not knowing the law is no defense for breaking the law. Sure. Uh, so then, you know, as you said, delay. Um, I think that's a great one. You can ask for continuances, right? And um, that the uh, this this list had an interesting note here. Scott said the person writing said, "I heard of one case where the case was continued so long that the ticketing officer transferred." Really, and the case was dismissed. Well, lucky for that driver. Yeah, that's don't do that. That's playing a lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also ask for alternative uh, punishment. They say the primary concern for most drivers is keeping your ticket off your insurance rates, right? Yeah, so that's the points thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe you can go to driving school. Um, maybe you can pay court costs and ticket, but your insurance premium doesn't go up. So you're going to court. You're trying to work with the judge and the officer and trying to find out something that works for your situation. Like if you're okay with the points on the ticket, but you don't want to pay the fine, maybe you can make that work. If you want vice, you know, the, the opposite, vice versa, 
that may work as well. They may go for it, but usually there's one or the other. Right. And this is something that I'm, I'm glad we got to the point about insurance premiums because there were a couple of the statistics that we read in the beginning that I think are erroneous or at least arguable to me. And one of those is that the, the average price would be $152. Now we know that fines for tickets vary so widely that any average is not going to be the best representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it factors in the, the hidden cost of, let's call it the cost of ownership for that speeding ticket <laughs> after your insurance premium goes up. That's going to be $152 average off the top. But how much is it every month that you will still be paying? Oh, that's uh, yeah. It's going to add up over time more than you would ever think. Really, I mean, yeah. it really is big, big cost. Anyway, here into the rant about insurance. Um, I will correct myself on one of those statistics. I think I gave the incorrect number of drivers. I've seen it quoted uh, as many as two hundred and nine million. Um, I think that I'm going to need to dig in and get a more concrete number there. So nobody quote me on the numbers for drivers, but the rest of it, especially the average cost and the amount of people uh, fined, uh, that stuff measures up. $41 million a year in the U.S. alone. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Okay, Ben. So I know we've, we've gone through our, our list of 10 that we initially wanted. I've got a shorter list of six that I think I'm just going to go through kind of rapid fire. How about right that? Right on. And, uh, and then maybe wrap up with one thing here at the end that our listeners may or may not choose to use. Okay. I'll just leave it that way. How about that? Okay. All right. So this is uh, this is from Reader's Digest, and there's six tri- six tricks to avoiding speeding tickets. And it sounds almost exactly like the, uh, the the ten list, right? Only this is more like how to how to really avoid them ahead of time instead in the of first place in the first place, right? And I don't think anything sneaks in here that you know once you've already got the ticket. But let's go through it quick. All right. Number one, understand that your car says a lot about you. Ooh, and too true. This is kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the Ferrari versus the minivan type thing. Yeah. Only what they're talking about is that when the, when the officer approaches your vehicle, you don't want to have something that are like anti, anti-police. Right. Stick, you know, bumper stickers on the car right. or any kind of, uh, you know, like vulgar, um, um, I don't know, obscene, Bumper stickers, yes, you know, things uh, like that. Right, like, uh, like, like F a, authority or anything right, like that, you or know. A marijuana leaf or something that says speed demon. Yeah, something like that would be a bad idea. So, I mean, keep it, you know, understand that, you know, even, even like spoilers and tinted windows and neon lights and things like that, that all gives it like an immediate impression to the officer what you're going to be like when he approaches that window. And I know that's, that's not always right. the case. I understand is, that. Is that is that morally correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, in many cases, probably not. Although I will argue that if you are the person who has a bumper sticker condoning, like, I hate police or let me do illegal drugs, uh, dude, you put it, if you put it on there, you knew what you were getting into. And, and they do see that and they do make a snap judgment about that person. They have to. They have to kind of, they, they do have to profile somebody almost immediately. Sure. In, in, in order to be safe when they approach the car. And then if they're wrong, they're wrong. I mean, they, they'll be pleasantly surprised when they get the, you know, when they open the door or whatever. But, um, I'm saying that's, that's something you don't want to do. Number two, this is a weird one, Ben. Okay. Wave at the hidden police cruiser. So when you go by, a speeding trap, you know, like you're, you're on the highway and you, you go by it and it's too late to slow down, you know, or else you jam on the brakes or whatever. They're saying you actually physically wave to the police officer in the car. Ooh. Now, why right. would they do that? You ask. Why, uh, hey, why 
would someone do that? Well, Ben, I'm glad you asked because this is a strange thing. They feel that like, and even officers back this up. It's two things. Either one, you're signaling that, all right, I see you. I know what I was doing. I apologize. I'm going to slow down from this point forward. Uh huh. Or they think in the split second that you're going past them, they think, I know that person. They think that they, they, you know them and you're waving to them and saying hi. And this oh. is an odd, so it's an odd mental trick. Oh, yeah, you just sold it's a, me on it's that. A, it's, a, it's a strange mental trick, and I don't know if I buy this one at all. I think this one is, is a risky move. I think you wave to a police officer as you pass him going 80 on the highway. It I, might look like you're a jerk. I think you're being a smartass. Yeah. I mean, really. I, well, okay, If here's the thing. If, if I know that I'm caught, you know, if I have done that, then I would, I'd be fine acknowledging that. You know, uh, because I feel like it might make you less antagonistic, mm-hmm. but it's tough to tell. Like the, the, uh, it's so quick. It's a snap of time. Yeah. It's, it's tough to tell how that, that could be read. That's a strange one. I'll tell you that. That's, okay. uh, that's maybe the strangest one on the whole list. Now, All right, number here's three. one, number three, and this is one that we briefly talked about before. Never admit that you were speeding. So <laughs> everything that gets around, you know, everything that he asks you or she asks you, yeah. you never get around to, you know, like, you never get around to saying, like, I wasn't speeding or I wasn't aware of my speed or something like that. I mean, that's that's actually, you don't, you just don't want to say that. You want so to- if they say, do you have any idea how fast you're going, you say no or do you take it extreme? Do you go, what is speed? No, actually, actually, they do say you go with a non-committal response. You say something like, like I just said, like, you, you know, I'm, I wasn't aware of my speed. You don't say like how fast, if they say how fast you're going, like, I don't know, 75, 80. Yeah. You just go with something like, I, I just wasn't aware. I, I'm not really sure how fast I was going. Okay. You know, don't try to change like that. the subject. No, don't say like, where are we? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you try to, you, you try to, and, and the other thing is that along with this is that it kind of speeds along the conversation. And the idea behind that is that if if you're there with him and interacting only for a very short amount of time, nothing memorable happens in that time. The officer is likely to forget this this you know this accident or this uh, rather this stop this happened. Encounter. Yeah, this mm. encounter, this whole thing. So mm. when if you do go to court, if you do go to you know show up in court, he's not going to remember you because of some odd thing that you said. You know, like um, I'm I'm in labor and I'm going to have my baby right now or whatever. That's going to be memorable to that guy. Yeah. Or if you say something unusual or off the wall, he's going to sure. remember that. Versus when you go into court and you only interacted for you know a total of forty five seconds. You know, as you handed over your license registration, which is a little bit contradictory in terms of the other advice offered, which was to establish a personal connection with the <laughs> officer after you receive the ticket. That's exactly right. This is a it's a directly you know, counter into a, a counteractive okay. way to look at things. All right, the next one. Plead not guilty and defer your court date as often as you can. Now we talked about this Ooh, already. Buddy, there so, are people doing that now. Yeah, we right? don't. Uh, we don't really need to talk yeah. about this. We've we've covered that one. I think. We'll uh, defer that conversation. Mm-hmm. Know the tactics that can get your ticket dismissed. That's a. This is a big one. Now there's a couple of points here that I, I want to mention, and this is some things you can just look for if you want to. But and these again vary by state, so different rules. Uh, let's say that the uh, the issue an officer doesn't doesn't show up for your court date. Or if two officers were in the patrol car when you were ticketed, but only one of them shows up for the court date. Huh. That's something that can get you off on the ticket. Okay. Um, another thing is that if there's a factual error on the ticket itself, like let's say your license plate number or name or date or any, sure. any yeah. kind of fact or figure is wrong on there, maybe you can get off the hook for that. Um, there's also, you got to make sure that there's a correct speed limit sign posted within a reasonable distance of where you were pulled over. Um, in the United States, and now again, varies by state, but in the United States, that distance is usually about a quarter mile. That's where they're required to have a, a speed limit posted. Um, so if you're pulled over 
in, a, in an area that you haven't passed a speed limit within a quarter mile, you may get off on that ticket. So huh. these these are strange little you know rule twists, I guess that you can yeah. uh, you can work on. Um, the last one, Ben, and this is uh, this is kind of strange, and I had never heard of this one. Um, POI software. What is POI software? Uh, well, it's uh, you know points of interest. Okay. And you would think, what what is a points of interest? software going to do for me. I'm, this is what we're talking about navigation systems. I should oh, it'd be like a uh, world's greatest, fry, world's largest frying pan. Exactly. It's, it's up. Most people think of this as like a way to find a gas station, a way to find, um, you know, a restaurant or, you know, sure. lodging, yeah, exactly, whatever, a, a sports stadium. Uh, but you're going to find that if you, on your GPS navigation system, you can find current, like up to date or, or modern POI software that will allow you to tell you when you're approaching stoplights that are hooked up to traffic cameras. So huh. and people have keyed in this information. You can, and it's like a, you may have to, you know, look for a separate menu to find stuff like this, but it's there oftentimes. Wow. And okay. I know I you wouldn't, about that. you wouldn't think of that, but, and the last thing, Ben. Oh, wait, are you doing the tech, uh, the technological thing? Yeah, I guess so. We're going to, we're going to, okay. uh, kind of continue on with this, uh, with this theme of POI software, unless you had something else you wanted to add to that. Well, um, I don't want to interrupt the role here, but I do have just some statistics that we'd be, we should mention before we end. All right, how about this? Okay. Let me continue on with my yes. uh, with my POI software thing because this kind of plays right into yeah, yeah. Um, you know this, this whole thing about um, technology in cars. And I want to see what you're going to say because I think I might know. Well, there's a lot of technology in cars now, right? And and a lot of people are carrying their own phones. Yep. Right? Well, as you would expect, there's an app for that, <laughs> and uh, and traffic tickets are one of the things that there's an app for. Okay. And there's seven of them, and I'll just name them real quickly. I don't want to really go into too much detail, but they all have the basic same basic function is that users, you know, uh, target or, or or pin I guess areas, and I don't know the best way to say that they pin okay. an area, they locate an area where they can report speed traps, they can report le- red light cameras, oh, they can okay. report anything that they uh, they find a little shady, like areas that are that are typical speed traps on highways, uh, things to watch out for in different areas. Sure, they can use it to kind of communicate between each other in this kind of uh, this covert network of of. Um, mobile devices, you know, that, that users are, are, you know, able to access from anywhere, really. Is that legal? It, it is legal, Ben. There's no, there's nothing that says that they can't do this. It's almost okay. like you're, uh, of course, you know, you're using a device while you're driving, so I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. However, it's a little different than the, uh, nav system stuff because that's just something that's already, you know, loaded and it's on your, on your dashboard. It's just operating. This is something you have to actively use. Mm-hmm. So, Check your local laws or whatever, state laws. But um, I'll just name a few of these and then I'll be done. Okay. Uh, there's one called Traffic Tweet. There's one called Trapster. There's one called Speedview Pro. Phantom Alert, which seems to get pretty good, uh, pretty good ratings. Uh, you know, for, as far as people avoiding tickets. Uh, so Phantom Alert is a good one. Oh, Cobra Eye Radar, which is actually deemed as or, or touted as the the most advanced and smartest detection technology in the world because you plug a, your device into the radar detector and they work together. They work together, Ben. Whoa. So like, and I, I had never heard this. Like you, you, your radar detector and your phone or mobile device, whatever it happens to be, they can communicate together and it becomes like this super device that, uh, and I don't really know. And I'm only going to say that super device because I don't really know how better to describe it, but that's just cool. It adva- it, it expands the knowledge of both devices. Um, there's one called fuzz alert and there's another one called Waze. Which a lot of people are, you know, find popular as well. They they like to use that one. So again, there's a lot of apps that you can use for avoiding tickets. Yes, and we will go ahead and describe um, 
some statistics I mentioned earlier that we would be remiss not to mention. So for the people who are pulled over during these traffic stops, um, more of them are going to be men uh, than women. And uh, more of these, let's see, uh, approximately 85% of drivers that were pulled over by police in 2008 uh, felt they had been stopped for a legitimate reason. Okay. Which is nice as a majority, right? Um, but we do know that we do know that currently still, uh, black drivers are more likely than white drivers to be stopped. Um, and also more likely than Latino or Hispanic drivers. Um, so we do know that, uh, that there still isn't completely an even game, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to call speeding a game. Uh, you know what though? I want to say that I, I would guess, and just my personal guess, I would guess a lot more men speed than women. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I mean, for sure. real. I mean, I, I know that they're getting pulled over more often, but I think that they're speeding more often as well. Yeah. I don't think they're getting framed. Yeah. I no, don't I, think we're getting framed. No, I agree. And I yeah. mean, the whole profiling thing, that's another issue. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a completely different thing. The, and when I said profiling before, I meant, uh, with, uh, with cars. Yeah. With the car itself, with the, with the exterior character, characteristics of the car, they make snap decisions based on that. Right. And, uh, and I wasn't talking about race or, or creed or age or any of yeah, that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I wasn't either. I wanted to, I wanted to bring this in just because, um, I think for a lot of our, uh, listeners, that is an interesting thing. You know, um, people do, people have sometimes asked me, uh, you know, is, Hey, is that a myth? It's not. It, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, we say all that to build toward the number one way to avoid a speeding ticket. And you already know. I know. Of, I think it's kind of anticlimactic. Go ahead and hit it. What is it? Uh, don't speed. Yeah, don't speed. It's so simple, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the uh, that's the general rule we get out of this whole thing, is our general message, I guess. Don't speed, and you're not going to have any of these problems. I mean, it sounds like we, yeah. all that we've talked about. We've talked for uh, 50 minutes or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. We've talked about how to avoid tickets, how to how to deal with them once you, you get them. Weasel your way out. It is, it is such a headache when it happens. I mean, it's really it's it's it becomes this this weight on your shoulders. Man. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough thing to deal with. You're missing work, so and, you can file an FOIA. I mean, I'm talking personally. I. Ben, I've had to wake up at four in the morning and drive to northern Indiana to go to, to appear in front of a court or in front of a judge because I was speeding in Indiana in this, in this county, you know, above a certain threshold, you have to appear in front of the judge, even though it's just a standard ticket. It wasn't anything unusual. Um, so, I mean, it's, it becomes a real pain. It's really, really difficult. So what I'm saying is like, and you said it too, the easiest way to get around this whole thing is just don't speed. And the other thing is be polite, be respectful to the yeah. officers that, you know, if you do get a ticket or you are or you think you're going to get a ticket, be polite, respectful, know the laws, just know that, you know, whatever that happens to be. Know that know the speeding laws, which is uh, you know, important. Yeah. I mean, if it's a if it's a school zone, know that you mm-hmm. go to the school zone limit. If it's uh it's a, you know, hospital zone, you adhere to those rules. And uh, you know, also it doesn't hurt to know, you know, that you can't be bullied by the police as well. I mean, that's sure. another thing. That's a whole sure. different issue. But um, know the laws. Know what you know. What your legal limits are, I suppose. Yeah. And if you understand that, you know, you'll be okay. But the biggest thing, Ben, is just don't speed. Now, and also, uh, I just want to put this as a teaser. One of the most interesting things that I learned in our outside research here was uh, that you some some of our U.S. listeners, especially if you're well-to-do. 
should be thankful that you're not getting speeding tickets in places like Finland, where the ticket will be based on your annual income. Yeah, and that can get very, very expensive for some people that uh, that make quite a bit of money, doesn't right. it? Finland I mean, already has a high cost of living. Yeah, so. I know. I've seen stories of people that receive tickets that are, you know, one hundred thousand dollars or yeah, more, or more. Yeah. So, um, and that's of course extremely high income individuals, but. Um, I guess it works for you if you're a, a lower income, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll, well have to still, hear. You know, it's still a strong penalty. I mean, whatever it is, it's still based on a percentage of your income. Yeah. So it's going to be a high penalty no it's, matter what. Yeah, it's still going to – 20% is still <laughs> – 20% is 20% no matter who you are, right? <laughs> right. I mean, the dollar amount differs, sure. But, the, uh, but the, you know, the, the underlying rule or law, rather, or, yeah. or I don't know, maybe lesson. The moral? The moral of the story is just don't speak. And with that said, we're going to head out of here. I'm going to burn some rubber down to beat that Atlanta traffic. Bad idea. Ben. How fast do you think I can go? <laughs> I, I don't even know. You have that Monte Carlo uh, 125. Oh, man. Don't even try it. Oh, I, I, yeah. Well, I do have some work to do on my car, honestly. So we're going to go ahead and head out. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode on speeding tickets and how to avoid them, how not to be a uh, not to be a monster to uh, the police officer because it will come back to haunt you uh, and we would like to hear your speeding ticket stories guys I am sure that you have a speeding ticket story if you're comfortable telling us that's fine if you don't want us to say your name that's fine too you can find us at Facebook you can find us on Twitter you should check out our website carstuffshow.com and you can email us directly at carstuff at discovery.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was booted! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.